Hi, I'm Molly Stewart. And I'm Brad Fitch. And this is I'll I'll Be Be Home Home for Hallmark, Hallmark, your new Countdown to Christmas podcast miniseries. This week, we dive into Deliver by Christmas. And Chateau Christmas. Sugar cookies? Lopsided Christmas trees? Jacks of all trade? Planning a Christmas concert in nine days? (gasps) Are you ready? Let's talk about it. So, Deliver by Christmas. Oh, wait. Oh, we're going to banter. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Sorry, folks. We're nervous. <laughs> we're nervous because... <laughs> this is off to a really great start. It is. It's, you know you know what? I think that our um, Hallmarkies, they want to hear. <laughs> well, you know, I was thinking, since we're home, <laughs> since we're home for Hallmark, mm-hmm. should... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God in heaven. Should the hashtag for our podcast be homies Hallmarkies? <laughs> genius yeah absolute genius brad <laughs> oh okay absolute genius. so yeah if, if, if you you know in this first uh, minute and 15 seconds find us in the bit a little bit uh entertaining uh you know hashtag yourself a homies hallmarkies Ho- homies hallmarkies hashtag. Ro- rolls right off the tongue <laughs> <laughs> so we need to talk about the election though right no <laughs> no well i mean we don't know we're recording before the election uh and- and by it, the time the play, the thing airs, it's going to be like, what, half of America is going to be in mourning. Regardless of no what happens. Wins, right? right, yeah. Um, so, and we did promise we wouldn't talk about the election. We promised, but we also are purposely releasing this the day after the election, because let's be real, we all are going to need some Christmas to refuel our spirits oh. after the, you know, the last eight months and, you know, so... And retail therapy. Reta- well, massive, online retail. Massive <laughs> online retail. <laughs> oh, <laughs> which is not quite the same. But it's you know, not. what'd you do for Halloween, Brad? Um, I did nothing. No. I didn't do anything, but nothing? I did get uh, doorbell ditched by my adult neighbors, who <laughs> I caught running away from my door. Um, what? One, yeah, one of the neighbors was dressed oh. as the Burger King king. <laughs> <laughs> so on the camera, all you see is his cape, like. <laughs> flying behind him so oh dear um, heaven but was the other person like the hamburglar i don't know oh. but but i know for sure that it was my next door neighbors you know who are both grown men uh for whatever reason they thought it was you know it's it's halloween so trick or treat <laughs> ding dong i don't know um, I, I did nothing okay you know, i hulued and chilled with my husband oh it was great nice but we weren't supposed to talk about halloween either <laughs> well we, now that we've done both that's it that's it? That's it. That's all we get. That's all we get. Okay, so now we talk about Deliver by Christmas? Oh, you mean that movie with uh, where the baker owner, Molly, meets Josh, a newcomer in town, but is also enchanted by a mysterious client whom she's never met in person. A special wish to be delivered by Christmas could help determine who will win Molly's heart. And for anybody that needs some further information about what this movie's about here is the trailer for deliver by christmas you know your mom loved you more than anything let there be christmas let the whole world you're a good listener i know what it's like to need to talk to someone are you just gonna keep talking on the phone it's complicated charlie wants you to be happy hi hi Delivered by Christmas, only on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. Charlie wants you to be happy. That's all. He, that's his Christmas wish. That's his. 
which it, you know, clearly is. It is. So he's a very, um, very intelligent seven-year-old <laughs> with dialogue of a fourteen-year-old um, and the scarf of a three-year-old girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not going to we're not going to get into gender politics. No, we're not. But we're it, not was, it was more of a shawl. <laughs> Okay, so it was a very okay. nice shawl, very, very thick nice. wool. <laughs> We're supposed to go in chronological order. Sorry, okay. my fault. Oh, my sorry. fault. Okay, so first of all, the first thing I noticed about this is that I think I believe they really missed a big opportunity to make this about finding love as a UPS driver, right, or an Amazon driver, delivering by Christmas. Oh, okay. Oh, right. Because what the the title of the movie? Clearly. Oh, well, it's it's about delivering gingerbread cookies. I, well, we're gonna get there. We're gonna get okay. there. Okay. But first, we have to introduce the characters because we've got Molly, who is a fairly typical, you know, former finance banker, now baker, who was left at the altar probably because she made too many practice cakes for her wedding, right? I mean, that's the only reason we're given. Yeah. Right? Um, she's currently an overworked bakery owner who doesn't even own a computer. So we've got... She, but she's got a great post, post-it system. <laughs> post-it system and a fucking stapler. <laughs> and a stapler. And a stapler, excuse me. Excuse me. And um, she bakes all night in high heels with perfect hair. So, right? That's her in a nutshell. <laughs> and she's perfectly made up. And she never gets flour on any of her clothing. Yeah, very cookie well, I mean, cutter. Very, very cookie cutter. Very, very. Yeah. And then we have Josh, who is a gold star widower. Yeah. Uh, his wife was an army nurse who was killed on deployment five years ago, right? And Not ready for love. At not, all, not looking right? for love. Because not at all. she's only been dead for five years. <laughs> yeah. The wound is still fresh, right? He's the the dad it's of terrible s- that we just laughed at that. <laughs> He's the dad of seven year old Charlie. Yep. <laughs> He's a former tech entrepreneur workaholic. Yeah. Who's very wise seven year old told him to what? He was oh daddy, I'm afraid I'm gonna lose you too. Right. Yeah. Right. Because at two he remembers vividly. Yeah. Yeah. And um and he's a baker of lasagna, but apparently not cookies. Oh. Intriguing. My son and I are uh we're still trying to cross cookie baking off our Christmas list. And as I mentioned before, my last batch um was not a success. How much not a success? Oh, we set off the smoke alarm. Oh no. Maybe there's something wrong with your oven? Well, it works when I bake lasagna. Lasagna? Wow, you're a jack of all trades. <laughs> Except baking cookies, apparently. <laughs> I mean, if that doesn't make you a jack of all trades, cookies and lasagna, I mean. Well, he's lasagna Josh. Yeah. Clearly, right? Right. For the rest of the movie. Well, mind. and he. he- he doesn't specify that he make. I mean, I guess he did say he makes lasagna, but he implied it, yep. and we inferred it. But Stouffer's. I mean, come on, he's a single dad. <laughs> I mean, right? I mean, he Clearly. he's essentially running this whole Christmas light festival to begin with. He doesn't have time to make homemade lasagna. Not a thing. No, no. Stouffer's. 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 For one thing, can you make anything better than Stouffer's? Anyway, okay. So then we also have Charlie, who's as we've mentioned, is seven, talks like a fourteen-year-old, yep. dresses like a three-year-old girl, loves his daddy. We- <laughs> So much. <laughs> and his teddy bear, his lonely teddy bear that his mom gave him. Everybody needs a friend, Molly. <laughs> Why not a bear? <laughs> We've got Zoe, who is the sassy 10-year-old niece she of is Molly. Sassy. She's fantastic. Yep. Everything about Zoe I love. Um, 
And Molly and Josh's, of course, have older, annoying siblings. Yep. And um, they're always trying to pester them into. Oh, Aunt Jane, she's pesky. Oh. I mean, right off the bat, right. you know. She's a right off the bat. She's a bossy older yep, sister, like quintessential. Yep, Uncle Jimmy, mm-hmm. Aunt Amy. Mm-hmm. Well, they Aunt, all... Aunt, Amy, Aunt Amy's also like a. Either she is a genius, um, event planner because she's she's literally delegated every single job <laughs> yeah. about the Christmas tree lighting except turning the countdown count. Yeah, so that she gets to be on the stage, you know, the pageant stage, doing the countdown with a very um, booming microphone. Right, while her husband is, you know, counting light bulbs. Counting. Because everybody counts their Christmas light bulbs. I really hope that's a movie sometime by Hallmark, you know, Counting Christmas. It probably oh, is. but It probably was. Count, I mean, counting Christmas lights. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But yeah, so, I mean, essentially, right, we start off, the two of them are in a Christmas tree lot. Right. You know, very idyllic uh, way to celebrate. And with three other people. With three other people. Because that's always my experience at the Christmas tree. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and with a plethora of glorious trees. I mean, they're <laughs> glorious. I mean, like straight cut out of the forest. Uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, 10, 12 feet tall. Perfectly right. proportional. For all of our homes. For, you know, for, oh, right. Oh. All of our <laughs> all of our homes with, you know, 18 foot ceilings. Exactly. Where, right. You know. Right. And, uh, you know, they're meat cute where they. Oh, the meat cute. I know. Oh. I mean, quintessential meat cute. I don't know about you, but I don't think I've ever stuck my hand into a tree completely. But that's how Josh and Molly meet. They they, they decided that they needed to feel the feel the pine needles and uh, you, you know, don't feel your pine needles. Not I mean maybe the tips. I don't know that I would stick my hand in all the way. <laughs> and then not only that, like it wasn't like their finger fingers like like well, mashed well, together. It was like it was like a full like hand grasp. Well, and it's not even like they're you know I mean they're three feet apart. Right, right, the and most. they weren't even on opposite sides of the tree. No, they're like, like they could like see each other, except right. they both have their heads turned. Right, and they're like feeling like blind people into the tree. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not awkward. No, not at all. There's nothing about that scene that makes you want to take a shot. Right, or anything. Right, and this this clearly is not the first time I take a shot in this movie, although. It's getting close. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's getting close. You know, and so there's this whole dialogue about, oh, Charlie, should we give the ladies, you know, the nice ladies, this oh, tree? And, yes. you know, he wants to keep it, you know, and there's just this back and forth. And then, you know, when they finally decide that Molly and Zoe are going to get the tree, you know, they, they call over the, the tree clerk and, oh, sorry, you didn't see this, you know, quarter inch tag at the bottom of the Christmas tree that clearly says sold, you know. Well, and it's not even a red tag. No, Doesn't the sold tag have to be red? I mean, has it, anybody ever shopped in this movie before? This is like <laughs> this is literally like a little like seven and eleven, seven eleven, you know, tag. label, right? You know, Clear, yeah, down at the bottom of the right. tree, right? But it's sold. But it's beautiful. It's and, the perfect tree, and they held hands in the tree. They held hands in the tree, which is all that is necessary for the film, right? Okay, so so then Charlie and Josh go home with the perfect tree. According to Josh, it's the most beautiful tree ever. One of the most beautiful. And like I, I think I told you before that you mentioned that the tree was not perfect. And then that was the first time I watched the film. And then <laughs> when I went back and it really is like half a tree. It, it's it's like perfect. And then it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like they left like one little nub of a, a yeah. branch at the top for the, the the paper ornament you know the paper star and oh i mean josh and charlie they you know but to be fair there was a nice moment to charlie's mom with the you know the little gold ornament his first christmas and you know this is the first time we really learned that you know charlie is momless and you know she really loved him and you know that she died you know serving our country so which you know brings me to the first shot i had to take to make it through this film because it, 
as corny as that scene was, like I, I teared up. Did you tear up? No. Mm-mm. Well, that's because you have no soul. Yeah. Well, but, yeah, yeah. But at least I teared up because I have a soul. Yeah. Well, good. I mean. Because Charlie's mom is dead. Did you catch that part? Did you? <laughs> You know, if we if we and rewind she died, this, she died defending our country. If we rewind this about eight <laughs> minutes, when we talked about Charlie's mom dying, okay, okay, okay. shot number okay. one, okay, shot, shot number, number one, one okay. was, oh, and it's his first Christmas. Do you remember? It's yeah. his first Christmas, and he's on Santa's lap, and then there's just like a little bit of his mom in her fatigues. Oh, yeah. camos. I think they're called camos now, right? Okay, sure. Okay, well, and then we've got some blatant here in the middle. Some blatant, you've got male plagiarism where we've got, you know, these parallel relationships, which is referred to in the description where Josh and Molly are talking on the phone and then Josh and Molly keep running into each other. Well, here, here's another thing too. Like Colbyville, what has to have like only 30 people that live there right? and like three buildings, right? Because literally Molly and Josh are running into each other all the time, every day. Right. And there's nobody else in any of the spaces they run into. No. The ice cream shop, yeah, empty. the tree lot. Empty. <laughs> All of it's empty. Right. So, so they, but we've got these parallel relationships. They're running into each other in person and flirting like ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Because Molly is clearly needs. She needs someone. She needs some companionship. Yeah. She, yeah. she was left at the <laughs> altar. I mean, she's looking for someone. Looking for love. I mean, a person, a voice, yeah. something. Something, anything, anything. So, so there's that whole thing going on. There's the midnight or actually it's like 3 a.m. phone meet cute, right? Yeah. Where, the, where they're on the phone talking about cookies and stuff Molly's perfectly quaffed with no flour on her clothes. Yeah, and I mean, I did I did take a note there with, uh, you know, I said, why is Molly fully dressed and baking cookies at 3 a.m.? And taking phone calls from a stranger, you know. A stranger. A stranger. A, perfect. a perfectly good stranger. Um, but we have to talk about the fact that the reason that Josh is calling is because Aunt, Aunt Amy, who is, you know, apparently the world's best delegator um, of, of, <laughs> of events, yes. has, you know, tasked Josh with, you know, handling all the donations and all the vendors for um, for this tree lighting uh, fest festival that huge, huge, huge tree lighting festival, huge, you know, by, by the end, I mean, let's just be clear. There really is only the cookie vendor um we don't we don't ever see any other vendors no at other this. vendors no, no this is just like a cookie event right um so you know he gets tasked with you know the donations and the vendors and yeah he sends an email at three o'clock and then you know molly just responds oh yeah, yeah. you know i'm up because i got to make my croissants for the so morning call me. so call me while creepy brother jim is apparently watching his brother <laughs> yeah. through the kitchen freaking right. window at three forty-five in the morning <laughs> right what the yeah, yeah no. makes older siblings blow. Yeah, and thinks he's talking to himself. So that's a whole. That's an aside. Right. Annoying brothers, or that's an aside. But yeah, it's clearly a violation of privacy. But I mean, massive. I, right. But yes, she's totally, you know, totally made up. And you know, he didn't say, "Can I call you right now?" It was, you know, it would probably be easier to do this over the phone. Right. That's a know. total creeper move. Right. Right. And she's like five 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 one two three right. four. You know, right. like right away. Yeah. Um, and she didn't even give him fake digits. No. Which like, any any woman knows you give them fake digits. <laughs> yeah, to the perfect stranger <laughs> who's just like, oh, I'm calling about the festival. Oh, it's about th- the festival cookies. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my phone number, 555-1234. <laughs> no, and then just the fact that like she clearly has like given him 
he's she's given him her phone number and then when she answers it's like hi thanks for calling the bakery this is mall you know like i mean this like, like the, right who else is calling <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> of course i don't know i've never been a baker right maybe they do get calls at 345 sure i mean they are well because I mean, if they don't if they're not baking in the middle of the night there's no croissants for breakfast well and i think that that's i'm i'm glad that they put that in there because without that it would have been very suspect and the fact yeah. that she's like uh, you know, she says something like, oh, I can't believe you're up so late. And I'm like, I don't, three o'clock, I mean, to me, that's early, 3 a.m. But I guess if yeah. you've never gone to bed, it, it is late. <laughs> um, it depends. Yeah, it yeah. really does depend. So then, so then. Oh, oh wait, but oh. My, the oh. one last thing, yes. when he, when Josh says, she, when along those lines, she mm-hmm. she says, oh, well, you know what, I can't believe, you know, you're he- dealing with cookie orders so late. And he says, oh, I'm used to it with my last job. And Molly instantly jumps and says, Security guard. <laughs> like, like, like that's the only job you have in the middle right. of the night. I was just like so presumptuous, like, you know, assuming of this. I mean, and, and again, he's a total stranger. And she's like, oh, security guard. He's like, oh, no, you know, coding. So. Which obviously takes place at night. Right. I mean, clearly. Sure. Who, who doesn't code it? I mean, I code at night. Right. Right. Of course. So. So, so we get to the point where after an evolution of ideas, they end up instead of really crappy asymmetrical sugar cookies, which they are, please watch the film. And those aren't sugar cookies. Well, they're supposed to be. They look like maple, but um, maple donuts. <laughs> I, which I, is more delicious than sugar. cookies? Sure. But I mean, the, the shine on those cookies and oh. the, you know, those were some thick sugar <laughs> cookies. <laughs> Like they're well, they, like golden ch- brown and he chilled that dough. Well, he chilled that out of that dough. Yeah. So instead of making um, maple bar sugar cookie shininess, yeah. they are going to do gingerbread houses, which makes sense. Yeah. Um, because Charlie had a great idea. Great you know, they're going to, they're going to build, you know, again. So now he's got, uh, he's got to handle all the vendors, all the donations. <laughs> now he's been tasked with building the uh, gingerbread station, you know, right. a full fledged uh, standing. Oh, it's epic. Oh, it's epic. Epic. And, and now, you know, now Molly's going to have to make, you know, gingerbread and, I, you know, good for her. I mean, she clearly has a passion for baking because, you know, when he says, well, that's going to be a lot of work. Oh no, that's my idea of fun. I mean, when you think about a gingerbread house from scratch, I mean, that's like, eight or 10 cookies per gingerbread house. Well, and they're massive. I mean, like, <laughs> like they're full size. I mean, you get some freaking um, graham crackers and frosting. Right. Right. Not anyway, eight by 12. Right. Eight by 12. Jam. Well, so, but to be fair at the end, when aunt, aunt uh, Jane delivers the, the cookies instead of Molly, she really did only show up with like two little Tupperware things. You know, one was like some Royal frosting and the others was, you know, she just came with just two boxes. So that's because there's 13 people that live in Colbyville. Oh, right. And so they're going to only make two gingerbread houses. That's Right. Right. (laughs) Right. Obviously. (laughs) Right. So, so yeah, I guess maybe it wasn't really all that much work, No, you know, but it seems like Molly just has a, you know, a plethora of extra cookies lying around anyway. It's like, she's just always thrown trays into Uh, the oven. So, you know, I think that, I, I think it was probably relaxing for her to like make take, massive gingerbread. <laughs> yeah, take it down and just make a couple of gingerbread houses. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then of course, this is my second shot because it did take me six shots to get through this film. And I was drinking six, six, <laughs> seven. If you don't count the unofficial shot. Okay. For the bioflex commercial. Okay. Which we will talk about in a few minutes. Okay. But, um, and they're at the gingerbread cookie or 
gingerbread house decorating stand and they're reminiscing about the dead mom, right? And Charlie's saying, I feel I feel a little bit sad that I'm I don't remember her. And I'm thinking, of course you don't fucking remember her. You were two. Right? So a shot. Sh- okay. So shot. So you with your track record right now, you took a shot when you started to cry? Always. Okay. Okay. Oh, always? Well, not always, because later it's just because like what the fuck. Okay. Right? There's yeah. a couple of what the fuck moments. Oh, sorry. Am I supposed to say that? Am I allowed to say that? You said we were explicit on our thing. Okay. So let's let's segue into some more um, plagiarism, if you will. We've sure. got the long phone call confessionals, um, which, you know, are you've got mail and right. sleepless in Seattle reincarnated. Um, this was definitely almost a shot moment. Yeah. You know, when they're talking about how much they just love no pressure to date and we can just talk about horror stories of our lives being left at the altar and my wife dying and blah, blah, blah. But let's keep in mind that really through the entire movie, I think they only had three, maybe four conversations on the, on the phone. So I don't know about you, but you know, especially if I'm, I mean, let's say I'm calling uh, my local Chinese restaurant to order some, you know, (laughs) sesame chicken. You know, I'm not calling back the next day to be like, you're a great listener. (laughs) You know, that's sesame chicken, you know, you know, and there are these very subtle things where, you know, (laughs) Josh sends a text and says, you know, I owe you, or, you know, it's a date. I mean, the, when they're both at the, you know, outdoor festival and, Again, excuse us for being a little like um, a little petty on some of the minutia of this movie, but I assume that it's in current times. They have cell phones, iPhones, although Molly's iPhone does not actually, every time you saw, especially when she was ignoring Josh's call, there was not actually, <laughs> she couldn't even answer the phone to begin with because there, no there, there was only a decline button. So, <laughs> you know, to be fair, like Josh, you can't be upset, but because Molly couldn't actually answer her she phone. Couldn't, she couldn't, she wasn't ignoring you. But two, when they're talking about, you know, oh, it's great to listen. I, he was going, it looked like he was going to pick up like a, like a foosball table or like a, um, but did you notice the headset that he had on his ear? It, what what I noticed with is- like the microphone prong <laughs> and I don't know, <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> he didn't have just like, I a, noticed how rude it is to go up to a counter to pick up something in a retail setting and be on your cell phone. Right. I noticed that using a headset from 1999. <laughs> You know, with the black cord. And that, it, that the law firm receptionist should be wearing. Yeah, I mean, it really, that's what it looked like. It had like a full microphone <laughs> on it. So, you I know. I did not notice that. But I, I mean, obviously it was, a, you know, it was so that he could hold the box and not see Molly as she was sitting on the bench, you know, right outside. <laughs> so she. I forgot she was. Right. Because literally everywhere they are, they're within 25 feet of each other. Like through the whole. <laughs> Well, there's only 13 people that live in Colbyville, so the and it's like 400 square feet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And can we also talk about um, Jessica in this movie? Oh, oh, you know she's. You mean bad Penny? Oh, she's so. <laughs> she also is in desperate need of a companion, some companionship. <laughs> you know. What do you think her backstory was? I don't know, but why? Is I she... mean, she owns like uh, apparently she owns a, a candy store. Next door to Molly's Sweet Life Baby. Right. right. So, you know, obviously it's successful enough for her to be out in the, you know, the Santa's workshop counting light bulbs with Aunt Amy, you know, and planning everything. So, I mean, she obviously must come for money because she's got, you know. Well, because they, they even said it's third generation. Right. This candy store. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah, third generation. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but yeah, I think she's very successful. But 
along those lines, right? Yes. So we know that, you know, and unfortunately, they kind of use uh, Jessica as the antagonist of this movie for, you know, for right. Molly. Because, right. you know. The competing love interest, right, if you will. Like right. The, yes. You know, and it's just so funny because it's like one moment Molly's on the phone with Josh and, you know, you can see it. She's smiling with her eyes. And, oh, you know, when he says that's a date, oh, you know, okay. Yeah, she's just smiling with her eyes. Right. And she's never met him. So, she, you know, doesn't know what he looks like. And then, you know, she's real happy. She hangs up the phone and then she looks over and she sees Josh standing in line for Santa. Oh, you know, like, right. like she really doesn't know what she wants. But also, I'm like, don't you? I, I don't know. I mean, I guess his voice is very... Um, anonymous i mean i don't know i would think if you've talked you to him on the phone right. and then run into him several times you know talking about his 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 son and whole how old is he and then running into this man at the you know ice cream shop with a seemingly seven-year-old boy wearing a shawl um <laughs> you know you would i don't know i guess she's just so busy making all the christmas cookies all the christmas cookies she's got to deliver those christmas <laughs> cookies <laughs> so you know she just doesn't have the, the clarity to put the two things together and she's got to keep all of her sticky notes in, in order too right i mean it's a, it's a big it's a big deal right right um so, so then now can we talk about the commercials for a few minutes Sure. Because the commercials spoke to me on a really deep level. Yeah. Um, for instance, the Focus Factor commercials with the CGI. Did you see that one with the CGI um, Einsteins? Yeah. Yeah. That was my fourth unofficial shot. Okay. Because. That was the unofficial shot of. Right. But okay. that was like an OMG shot. That yeah. was not a, you know, I'm going to tear up. Yeah. You know, but then then there's a ton of <laughs> Medicare open enrollment. And what I realized is that the reason those speak to me is because I'm, you know, old you're looking for <laughs> looking for those services because pretty soon i'm gonna need aarp <laughs> no the snackies one for me was <laughs> by far like the most brilliant invention you know a six you can hold 16 ounces of fluid on the bottom <laughs> well you know maybe your food is hard to chew <laughs> you know, and you can fit a full bag of chips on the top, and it was seemingly like a, an, a like maybe like a mess proof you know device, but it wasn't until the children that were in the back of the van and they zoomed in and they had like a full McDonald's meal, you know, they had the French fries and the chicken nuggets, and it was like they all they needed was like a little sauce holder, um, fourteen ninety nine. I think it was you got for two, two for well, two. Well, because if you order now, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we might have to order. We might have to get some of those. We should start reviewing the products. Yeah. Uh, clearly. Well, and you'll let me know how AARP is, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I... So, anyway, back, back to the movie. That, so, okay, right, back to the movie. Yeah. So, when Molly, you know, again, she's just busy baking, 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 mm -hmm. you know, she realizes that she hasn't delivered the evening <laughs> loaves of bread to the, you know, the only restaurant in town. Mm -hmm. You know, and she... You know, she approaches, she gives him the bread, and then she sees, you know, Josh finally agrees to have dinner with Jessica um, because they find out, you know, that Charlie really wants Josh to have someone in his life. Well, you know, but how do they find that out, Brad? How do they find that out? Because this is where we get the title for the film. Remember the snow fort, which is on their list of yeah. activities for best Christmas ever. Yeah, okay. got, got the tree, they got the snow fort, they got the cookies. Right, and... The snow fort's too tall for Josh or for Charlie because yeah. he's 
Seven. Seven. And so they need a periscope, Seven. which is conveniently in Charlie's closet. So I know. Josh, I always have a handy I, periscope always. made out of, you know. <laughs> Cardboard and mirrors. Yeah. Clearly. Always. So, you know, Josh has to go upstairs and find it. Teddy bears on the ground, which is such a quintessential moment for a parent, you know, yeah. cleaning up at your toys. And accidentally plays the message that Charlie apparently recorded in secret yeah. at Build-A-Bear. Yeah, Build-A-Bear. <laughs> Dear Santa, please Please deliver a friend for my dad by Christmas. Yeah. The title of the film. Yeah. Whatever. Fourth shot. Now that's my official fourth shot. Okay. Um, and that was not a, I'm about to tear up fourth shot. That's a, what the. Yeah. Okay. So that's okay. Now, now, but that moment clarified for Josh, you know, Charlie is okay with me finding love. So I'm going to go out with bad penny. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that, you know, they go out and, um, you know, having a seemingly nice dinner when, you know, Molly stumbles upon them, looks through the window mm. and that's, you know, when it, when things take a turn because heartbreak. she's heartbroken, heartbroken, you know, like she just made up this, in, this whole thing in her mind. I mean, she's, she's seen this guy at the tree lot and the ice cream shop. She's clearly in love with him. Very upset. And let's be clear. Really the instigator in this is ain't, um, aunt Jane oh, because literally aunt Jane is the worst. Yeah. It's like, Oh, you know, Molly comes back from the grocery store and Hey, did you meet anybody cute? Like you're blushing, yeah. <laughs> you know, every time. So, you know, you know, so when aunt Jane, you know, inquires about what's going on with, you know, um, Molly and Josh, you know, she gives this very like, you know, after we've learned that she's been left at the altar, you know, she essentially breaks down after talking to this guy for three days i mean it's we're this is three days you know may, oh, maybe maybe four right yeah, based on outfit changes i'd say four well and based on and, and you know changing of the calendar. aunt amy's aunt you know amy's changing <laughs> countdown calendar. the countdown calendar that is essentially her only job for the festival which she does it yeah. so well yeah i mean she looks over the looks over the square you know smoothly removes <laughs> the sign and away she goes um but she tells uh, molly tells aunt jane she says i know a date candles wine dancing and he isn't too busy to date you know because you know they're, <laughs> right. they had a conversation oh, about right. you know he wasn't ready and you know not looking for love and he's a single dad yeah yeah so oh. you know we approach we approach the festival the day right <laughs> the and day um you know once again josh has tried to call molly a number of times she's you know she is in that kitchen she is kneading that bread she is you know she's mad <laughs> Like, you know, she's got, there's flowers flying everywhere. She's pounding away on that, you know, on that dough. And who isn't, you know, she's, she's looking at the phone ring and it's going right to voicemail. So, you know, they're, uh, you know, it's the day of the festival and, you know, Josh is there with this, you know, elaborate setup, you know, it's like fully insulated, like padded oh. fabric, you know, for the 13 residents of Colbyville. <laughs> um, and, um, um, Jane comes in. And, you know, right. he says, well, where's, where's Molly to, where's you know, deli Molly? deliver the cookies. And, um, I want to put a face to a voice. Right. And so, uh, you know, he says, oh, well, can you just text your sister to let her know? I would like to put a face with a name, uh, a face with a voice. And it's like, what, you know? Okay. So she, she ignored your calls twice. Right. But, you know, he obviously is like, okay, I'm going to take a step back, you know? And then of course Jane goes and, you know, puts her nose into their business, you know, who's, who's Josh dating. And, you know, when they find oh, out, right, right. When they find out that, you know, Jessica was just, you know, their attempt to get him to, you know, fall in love, you know, here she goes running down main street, banging on the door, you with, know, with 
with the dress with with the ball gown <laughs> i mean like <laughs> you know. if you're yeah. gonna seduce a gold star widower you, yeah. you've got to be wearing the right dress right yeah so uh you know they they show up and the one thing i mean again we have to talk about the fact that you know throughout this the undertone is you know it's very you know they're doing things you know charlie's with his grandma and they're wrapping presents for the you know the soldiers that they're going to send overseas you know molly's running a, a booth to record a you know record videos you know to send with the presents to so that they know that, you know, how much they mean to, you know, to America. And so support the troops, support the troops. Right. And so, you know, towards the end of the movie, you know, when, um, when, you know, again, like you said, you know, Molly and her mindsets, like I gotta, gotta impress this, you know, gold star widower, you know, (laughs) they approach one another, you know, Mm. here she is, you know, and, and the best part is aunt Amy, you know, in all of her glory, finally, Gets to do the the glorious oh. countdown to the tree lighting, which is I, how tall is that tree? Eighteen feet, twenty maybe, feet, maybe. But the best part is, and again, I mean, pettiness that we've got. Why were they counting light bulbs again? Because there's about <laughs> six strands of lights on the on the right. main main street tree. <laughs> but Precisely. again, you know, so it's like you know, one half a strand for every resident that lives there. <laughs> you know, so the best part is is that. Uh, you know, they, you know, finally come together finally. and, and they know. see each other face to face for who they really, really are. Right. And so, you know, they're, they're 25 feet away talking to one another as people do, as you know, you're finding out the, the big secret is revealed <laughs> and keep in mind at this point, we're like one and a half minutes away from the end of the movie. Like but- it's going to resolve <laughs> at one and a half minutes. Um, but let's just, let's take a list. Let's listen. Let's listen. Let's listen, let's listen to listen. their moment. Their moment. Merry Christmas. I can't believe it's been you the whole time. Surprised? From the moment I met you, I knew... There was something about you. All those talks on the phone? (laughs) Felt like I knew you. I couldn't wait to meet you. I wasn't sure that you wanted to. That's because I wasn't brave enough to tell you that I did. I mean, <laughs> from the moment I met you 48, 72 hours ago, you know, I knew there was something. And then, and then the best part, you know, they have, I mean, the quintessential Hallmark kiss, you know, right at the oh, end. Because right. there's only one. I mean, if there is, there's just usually one. There's right. one romantic kiss right at the end. And again, this is, you know, now we're 45 seconds from the end of the movie, which, you know, after, you know, Aunt Amy, Aunt Jane, you know, Uncle Jimmy, you know, Charlie, Je- you know, everybody wanting, vying for these people, these two people to find love, right? They they have their kiss and then they just walk back to the crowd and there's, you know, hi, I'm Charlie, you know, and you know, you know, as pesky as those ants are that they were watching the whole time. There the was, whole time. There was no, emo- they, there was no emotion, right? They, they were peering through the invisible curtains, right? That's right, that's right. Yes. And we know that Uncle Jimmy peers through the real curtains, you know, <laughs> late at night. <laughs> Creeper. 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 Um, but they just literally, they just, no one acknowledges them. Right. They, they just kissed in front of everyone. And it just goes on. They just and then on. they just all turn and they look up at the tree, <laughs> you know. And with that, I mean, the movie ends with a, a rather heart, you know, heartfelt moment. Was this shot oh, what for you? Did you have a shot number six? Okay, so this is Absolutely. the last shot. Yep. And it's ho, ho, ho from the home front. Hi, my name's Charlie. 
and I know what it's like to not be with someone you love at Christmas time. So thank you for the sacrifice you're making so that the rest of us back home can have the best Christmas ever. Coming up next, Merritt Patterson and Luke McFarlane in Chateau Christmas. Chateau. Chateau. What does that translate to? Castle. Castle. Ooh. I know. I mean, it's pretty luxurious, right? <laughs> I mean, I think I, if, if there was a castle around here, I'd definitely hang there for the holidays. Uh, yeah. Right. But so yeah, Chateau Christmas. Uh, here's our, uh, here's the description we found online. <laughs> a really good one-liner. A world-renowned pianist rediscovers her passion for music after reuniting with her ex during the holidays. You had me a pianist. Yeah. <laughs> God, you're disgusting. It's a rated G movie. Well, the movie's rated G. That's true. Is our podcast rated well, G? Well, you clearly, you. I mean, I'm pretty sure you've said every, you said the F word, you've said, but it, it's fine. No, no judgment. Me. No, it's it's the holiday season. Do we get to hear the trailer? Uh, no, we don't. No, I don't. No, I couldn't find a trailer for it. Well, then we just yeah. get to, ooh. Yeah. We get, we get it from scratch. Yeah. Okay, so. so right off the bat. New York City. Yeah. Merritt Patterson playing uh, Margo. Is it Margo? Margo. But yeah. I don't remember her last name. Do you remember her last name? Um, she's like an artist, right? So it's just like the artist known as Margo. Oh, yeah. Margo Hammond. Hammond. Yeah. No, 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 no. She's not like Cher. She's not that famous. No. But the best part is, is that we start out like she's clearly like in a big metropolitan city, assumably New York City. Well, right, because she references New York a lot. Right. right. You know, she's, you know, big star. She's a big world-renowned pianist. Right. Um, you know, she's on the phone and, you know, I would assume in the theater district, right? Where most <laughs> concerts would be. And, Clip, as, right. you know, you've been to New York. I lived in New York. Yeah. I don't think, and I lived in New York during Christmas. I, I don't think I've ever seen a street so empty ne- before. You know? Like literally never. Yeah. Like you could be there at 2 a.m. and there's 4,000 other people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but here she is, you know, outside on the street, yeah. right outside her concert venue and, mm-hmm. You know, she's talking to her sister and I know your car is probably stuffed, but I'd have a few more gifts that, you know, that have to be taken to the chateau, you know, and the sister's like, oh, you know, you're not supposed to spoil anybody this year. And oh, it's just nothing, you know, and uh, spoil my niece if I want. Yeah, she does. <laughs> yeah, essentially. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, I mean, that's what we learn. Yeah. We, we also learn that she's devastated. Bye. She has, she has just received a critical review from the one, the, they literally say the uh, Evelyn March. Margo says this, oh. the Evelyn March reviewed bum, her. Bum, bum. Right. Um, the review, she's devastated. Headline, technically talented, but lacks musicality. She, well, is there a worse review you can get as a pianist? I, I don't think so. Because <laughs> really, I think it's probably like, you know, just very like clink, 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 clink on the keys, right? Like chopsticks. Like- <laughs> yeah. People are paying her to play chopsticks. <laughs> you know, or what's that other one? Or what's You know, Brian, I mean, you're the pianist. These are all hits. I mean, these are hits. These are the hits. These are the hits. Um, so yeah, we know that she's she's down on herself because, uh, because Evelyn March has the ri- Evelyn March. The Evelyn March yes. has ripped her apart. So she's, you know, she's struggling as she goes into her, um, her new concert, you know, to, to rehearse and, um, you know, 
again, they make it very clear throughout this movie that she is famous. She is so, so famous. She is so, so famous. Um, everyone knows who she is. Everyone. I mean, everyone. She walks into the room. You are you Margot Hammond? Oh, you know, and and of course, yes, she, she, she's Margot. Hammond. I know, right? She's very, she's very. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love, I love it though that the venue that they've been preparing for her, you know, because she's a world-renowned pianist, and and she's got these series of concerts, yeah. And the the venue like literally disintegrates on camera. Wonderful. I could hear you play all the time and it would never get old. Can't go wrong with the classics. As is everything okay? Oh yeah, it's an old building. Nothing a little maintenance can't handle. Don't worry. Everything will be under control by the time the house lights go down on opening night. Oh. So clearly Margot is not performing her Christmas special. And so now we jump, we jump to the Chateau, you know, that's somewhere around Layetteville, uh, Lafayette. 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 Right. Sorry. I'm, I'm still in Colbyville. <laughs> <laughs> well, who isn't really? I don't think, I think I've left a little piece of me in Colbyville forever. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, now we jump to the Chateau where we meet, uh, Jackson Lewis, who is a teacher. You know, we learn that he's almost the chair of the music department at the local, I think it's the college. Mm. <laughs> community <laughs> community <laughs> college. <laughs> the community college, because let's be fair. Because they reference, like, the choir. I don't know if, and we, we could talk about this briefly towards the end, but did you notice that the choir, and this is coming from, you know, we, we've we, been in choirs. So many choirs. So many choirs. So many. That they, they were singing completely in unison. <laughs> <laughs> Men and women all singing to, you know, and he's praised for how good this choir They're is. so good. This choir is, you know, fantastic. <laughs> well, there's not that one alto that's singing flat. Oh, that. You know, because there's oh, always one alto. Sorry, altos. And I'm. I'm an alto, so anyway. Well, it's good. It's never me. Glad you weren't in that movie. (laughs) Um, So yeah, so we meet him. He happens to stumble into the chateau, and uh, we meet his friend Adam, who's the PR director, the PR director for the chateau, um, who's in a total jam. And uh, there's a you know the the owner of the hotel has promised guests that there will be this you know huge holiday concert christmas concert and, and they have a broadway vocalist right? oh yeah what's oh. her name uh what was her name jane doe no it was Janet uh Dolan. emily dawson oh. emily dawson the voice of an angel yeah <laughs> clearly <laughs> that's yeah yeah so uh so adam begs and pleads and you know tells jackson essentially this will be good for him to you know take over the entire organization of this concert that is in nine or ten days uh, nine or ten days yeah. right yeah a handful of days right so they they have a business lunch you know uh, he, you know jackson can't believe he can't remember how good the food is here and uh you know then all of a sudden pop to Margot surprising her family <gasps> at the chateau <gasps> And, and the mom turns around and says, but what about your Christmas concerts? You know, so explaining that, you know, the venue has, you know, shut down, the fire marshal shut them down. Uh, you know, I, I just want to remind everyone that her entire immediate family, her mom, her sister, 
her brother-in-law, and her niece are all at the chateau for an extended holiday while Margot is in, you know, the the New York City area by herself for Christmas. Yeah. So, you know, of course, here at the, you know, continental breakfast that they're all attending, you know, in the lobby, mm -hmm. you know, there's, of, of course, like a, a grand of piano. Of course, a grand piano. That, you know, the... The, the person that's playing it, you know, recognizes Margot right away. Because he's a huge fan. Huge fan. Huge, huge fan. Huge fan. And so the meet cute for uh, this movie is, you know, Margot is, you know, her back is to Jackson. And who's playing the piano? Well, we didn't hire anyone. She's pretty good. She's beyond good. She's brilliant, you know. And then, of course, lo and behold, he walks up and, Jackson, Margot, what are you doing here? Well, and then we find out that they... Our exes. Yeah, they're exes. Exes. But we can't, they can't talk about what happened. You know, it's this very awkward exchange with her family as, you know, oh, look who I ran into. And, oh, it's so great to see you. We obviously know, you know, they're exes. So mm -hmm. something happened, but we don't, you know, it's not clear yet. Not yet. It, it's not, not clear. It's never really clear. It's never it, really clear. Except that she's sort of selfish. She's a little bit selfish. A little bit. We'll get there. So anyway, um, you know. Oh, oh, this is the best part is when uh, the niece says, oh, who are you? Jackson says, uh, I am your Aunt Margot's. Eh, eh. <laughs> we used to play music together, you know, <laughs> like like he's actually like he's kind of embarrassed. Like, you know, it's uh, he's almost he's embarrassed that he's he's Margot's ex. But or it's because he he truly doesn't have any idea why he's her ex either. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I think ding, 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 ding. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. it. On the nose. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so um, then we jump to the rehearsal hall at the college. You know, it's the first rehearsal. And here comes the voice of an angel, Emily Dawson. And, and there's this woman who's just sitting there playing the cello nonchalantly. And, oh, I'm, you know, Jackson's, I'm really excited. And, oh, you didn't hear? Emily's, Emily's not doing it. She's got laryngitis. Keep in mind, we are like two weeks out from this concert. So, Lo and behold, uh, you know, Jackson's in a panic. He goes to Adam. Oh, you know, Adam's thought is we should cancel. And then ding, ding, ding. They have a great idea. What well, about Margot? What about Margot? She's so famous. So famous. <laughs> and, and, and again, the amount of times. So I used to watch that show um, as a kid, Seventh Heaven. Oh, yeah. And that show, they it didn't matter. They could have, there could be a blowout fight or something dramatic. They were always so polite. And the one thing that I really, that really resonated with me in that show is that they would always say like, good night, Molly. And the response would be good night, Brad, you know? And so I've noticed that in these movies that they really want to sell the people's names. So in this case, you know, Adam says, um, what about Margot? Jackson says, Margot? Yes, Margot. You want Margot? Mar like eight times in one Margo is perfect <laughs> you know like <laughs> to really sell the point that Margo yeah, is the perfect person Margo's it Margo is it Margo's it um so you know Jackson still in his same you know Christmas knitted sweater um <laughs> you know 35 minutes into this movie you know decides that uh, he's gonna ask Margo and you know she you know she wants him to actually ask her you know she oh. you know he, 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 you know, he essentially applies that he would like her to perform, but he doesn't say Margot because she's going to make him beg. Right. She wants, because that's Margot. Yeah. Because right. she, they want us to think that it was Jackson's fault. She's hurt. 
She is hurt by him and it's his and fault. And whatever he got, he deserved. Right. Yeah. So if you want me, you ask me. But I want to remind everyone that then she goes back to her her, you know, she's in her penthouse suite at the chateau, right? I mean, this is oh, no- like a two story, yeah. but 4,000 square foot. <laughs> There's like eight Christmas yeah. trees. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. and they're there for 14 nights, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally. Because well, like, they arrive on day nine before Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. So and, at least. And, and you stay, you definitely stay through New Year's. New Year's. Because, I mean, I can imagine New Year's at the chateau. Oh, right. right. I mean, if they did a Christmas New concert. New Year's at the castle, bitches. Right. And so, um, you know, after after he asks her, and oh, I'll think about it and, you know, whatnot, then she goes back to her, you know, her mom and, you know, oh, I just, you know, it's nine days before. Like, how can I even prepare for a, a, a concert when, when she literally just had a, her concert, her full concert, yeah. No, I mean, I think Sold at this, out this point, concert. she's playing one song for this, right? Right, just you know, the finale. Just the finale. Yeah. So, um, you know. But she can't prepare. Right, she, she can't just, prepare. It just is impossible. But also, to to be fair to her, in the clip that we heard, you know, when the, the venue exploded and the, you know, the ceiling <laughs> collapsed. Yes. You know, she came, in, when, when the gentleman was applauding her, she, she said, you know, I could listen to you all day. She turned around and said, well, you know, it's easy when it's the classics. I don't know about you. That song was not recognizable. No, no. <laughs> so, you know, maybe to be fair to Margot, she had she had a concert, but she definitely didn't have a, any Christmas music prepared because that was not that, that was not a holiday classic. She has a different definition of classic. Sure. Clearly. Yeah. I mean, she's a world world renowned pianist, you know. So so again, I get it. Then she's contemplating, right? She's contemplating with herself. She's on, on her, you know, velvet sofa in her penthouse suite, you know, that they just happen to have, you know, th two extra rooms in that she now is staying with the mom and the niece and the, you know, brother-in-law. JC Penny model, right? The, yeah. I could look at him oh. all day. He called himself on uh, Instagram, he called himself the Christmas daddy. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> however you want to identify, you know, but that's what, you know, I don't know. Maybe they he should can change be my Christmas daddy, <laughs> the JC Penny catalog model. <laughs> well, maybe Macy's Macy's. Oh, well, he's de oh, Macy's. he's Macy's level. Yeah. Uh, it's easy. Yeah. Nordstrom Macy's Nordstrom rack. Nordstrom. Well, uh, you, you, you know, wherever you, can... wherever you get your catalogs, <laughs> you know, Eddie, Eddie Bauer. <laughs> <laughs> Um, moving on, moving right. on. Right. And so, you know, she's sitting at, on the couch with her laptop and she's reviewing. She's re she's rereading re the, oh, the, the, the review? Evelyn March <gasps> review. <sighs> and yes, where I could totally understand that she's devastated by this with the technically talented but lacks musicality, what the audience, well, and maybe some audience did do this. Well, you I, clearly did. I clearly did. Yeah, because you have OCD. I, well, yeah, I, it's in the details, okay? Everything is the details. So yes. I, I went back my second time watching and, and paused it because she's on like a, 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 you know, a fake website. And it's at that moment, it was at that moment that I said out loud, Evelyn March is going to be a character in this because she had a very enlarged uh, headshot on this, you know, and clear, like, zoomed in on it so we knew that th they wanted us to know that this is an actual person but what people might not have seen is that in the review she does kind of drag her a little bit so Evel the evelyn march writes the hall was packed with attentive listeners and they were engaged but not swept away classical pianist Margot hammond did justice to the music's logic but like her dress the impression <laughs> was a bit gray <laughs> 
Because it's all about the dress. So, I mean, so rightfully so. I mean, Margo, Margo is telling everyone that, you know, that this, you know, she's devastated by the, you know, lax musicality, you know, musicality. But, you know, Evelyn March is also criticizing the way she looks. And, you know, like you said. There's a fair amount of fashion shaming there. Right. Fair amount. Um, but I do want to be swept away. Like, if I'm going to go to see Margot Hammond play, sweep me away, bitches. Right. Right? Well. And, and don't wear a gray dress. I think that's, <laughs> that's the moral. I, I, I'm getting a sense that Margot just doesn't like Christmas. <laughs> you know, she's having, a, she's she's on a world tour right now. So, you know, she's, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, a couple of other things, you know, that I've noticed through the, this movie and, you know, delivered by Christmas is these people really like to decorate cookies. Like this is like a, a family affair. I mean, I don't think I've seen so many men standing decorating cookies in both of these movies and like enthusiastically. So, I mean, it's not like they're just like, oh, good job, buddy. You know, it's like, oh, add some sprinkles and, oh, you got to smooth out the frost. You know, they're all like, they're all really excited to, you know, be decorating these cookies. And it seems to be a, you know, a theme amongst Hallmark movies that like, that's one of the, one of the activities that you do during that time. Well, well, you go to a, a, a very expensive hotel. Very expensive. Because you, one, you don't have to, you don't, you know, make your kitchen messy. Two, you don't have to clean up. And three, everything's done for you. You know, so they, and I mean, I guess, what, where, where are you, what are you doing with these cookies? You know, I mean, like, <laughs> you're decorating the cookies and then, and then what? Bringing them back, I guess they're for Santa? Um, they have to be. Right? Because, I mean, like, you, you're not going to, you can't give them away. There's no, you're not here with. Everybody know. in the whole hotel every, is, every, is decorating cookies. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, a couple of other things. So. When we find out that Emily Dawson is no longer able to play um, or sing because she's, you know, 14 I mean, days whole, out. The whole the, the concert, concert falls apart. The whole concert falls, falls apart. apart. So we find out that Jackson plays the cello, mm -hmm. which will be important later. And they, they he's got to go, you know, he's got to take his cello just to be tuned up. You know, I mean, right. very important, very, very important. important. Right. Well, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, have you, did you see that rehearsal space that they have? I mean, that's the thing is there were 25 decorated Christmas, Christmas trees <laughs> in some rehearsal wait, hall. Wait, your rehearsal halls don't have 25 decorated Christmas trees? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, most rehearsal what halls don't have <laughs> power. And the best part is, is like, you know, Margo, why didn't you just do your concert there? I mean, that was a, that, that looked like a great space. Looked exactly the same as the already decorated. <laughs> already. Just, just step right in. Piano was there. <laughs> just don't bring the gray no, dress. And and I mean, at, we find out at the end. Here's the thing: she had a red dress. Oh, did she have a red dress? <laughs> so I mean, she, I, for somebody who wasn't expecting to come to the chateau, she sure came prepared. <laughs> <laughs> you know, usually bring your sweats and your sweaters and your scarves, your fuzzy socks. You know, your not your red baller, not your Oscar De La Renta. <laughs> <laughs> Although it is a two story, sure. Suite. Oh, it is yeah. a two story. So maybe, suite. I mean, maybe that's how the other half lives, Brad. Yeah, we don't know. So you know, when she still hasn't, so they go into this this music store, and you know, I don't remember what the guy's name was, but um, instantly she recognizes him. Oh, are you so-and-so? I think his name is Sam. Oh, Sam. 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 From the 
from La- the Lafayette Quartet. Oh my God, really? They're so I grew up listening to them. <laughs> Me and my dad loved <gasps> my them. My dad loved them. They played at the that's Lincoln why, Center. <laughs> that's why I'm a famous pianist now. So <laughs> anyway, they, right. They they meet Sam and Sam's kind of down on, his, on himself, you know, because, you know, he really regrets not... Uh, you know, following, following his heart, rather he followed the career and, yeah. you know, they, the, the group dissolved and. Which basically uh, is, is Margot. Right, right. Basically. Right. right. We find that out. Right. And so we find out that, you know, then all of a sudden you see the light bulbs above their heads of, <gasps> oh, maybe we can, you know, if we can wrangle the other players then then they could come play and save the holiday concert. Right. Right. Clearly. So, you know, now they're off on a mission to, you know, drive across, you know, outside of Lafayette, wherever they're going, you know, they, uh, you know, Margo is also Carbondale, a, right. They're <laughs> are all, also a private detective. She, you know, she also right. has those skills because they're able to so quickly identify where this woman lives. Mm-hmm. They go and they knock the door and same reaction. This woman answers, Oh my God, are you, are, are you Margo Hammond? Please come into my house. You know, like this woman is guys, this woman is famous. This so she's so famous. famous. In Lafayette and the surrounding areas. Right. So they tell a couple of white lies and, oh, yeah, Sam's interested. And, you know, they tell the other guy, you know, they they somehow, she also finds his phone number while they're, you know, getting their chips, their Doritos at the gas station, you mm-hmm. know, gets him on the phone. So anyway, you know, Sam, <laughs> you know, Sam is surprised by, you know, his love interest, you know, the other violin oh, player, you know. Right. Oh. Yeah. This is one of my favorite, favorite pieces of dialogue. Yeah. What And what, that, what was that? Well, it's when... Sam and girlfriend, whatever yeah, you know, we don't her know. name is. She, but she is the best violinist anyone's ever heard. Yeah, right? oh, for sure. And they're reminiscing about what didn't work in their relationship. and But why? What happened to us? I think we were just dancing to different rhythms then, right? Right. I wish we'd found our tempo. That oh. One of the all-time best. Oh, yeah. No, that, that one was great. And then there was a line where Margo, I think she said something like... Um, oh, what did she say? Oh, she said, she was talking to Jackson. She said, you played in perfect harmony <laughs> until we hit a sour note. <laughs> you know, again, she's real bitter. She's real she, bitter. Well, yeah. I mean, she's as sour because as this she note. she dumped him. Well, we well, find out, I mean, we find out that she just up and, you know, she kind of talks down on Jackson, you know, oh, he wanted to be a big fish in a little, you know, oh. little pond. And I wanted to be, you know, in the big pond and. You know, we find out that she literally, the night of like this major performance, she just up and leaves. Just leaves. She doesn't let him know. See ya. No, not, not, not inter- even a see ya. Not, not interested in bringing you along. Just didn't show up and left, you know, poor Jackson behind Aww, and, you in know, his sweater. Right. Aww. You know, at the castle. And um, <laughs> so, you know, when it finally gets to the concert, you know, Margo has this, you know, last minute, you know, sort of. Epiphany, um, epiphany, if you will, or like right. a, yeah, I mean, I guess it's got to be epiphany, right? A moment of, of clarity about her dead dad, right? And why she loved music in the first place, right? And you know, obviously, well, and and the lead up, right, to the concert is, and and again, this is about, you know, the third act of this movie starts about eleven minutes before the end, always, always, <laughs> always, um, you know. She, you know, you see Adam in the lobby. He's on the phone and, oh yeah, we'd love to have her, you know, oh, we'll make sure to get her tickets, you know, and ding, 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 here comes the Evelyn March. (laughs) I knew it. I knew she was going to make an appearance. And so, you know, then, then Jackson finds out and, 
um, you know, he, he's like freaking out. Like, should well, I we tell can't her? Tell Margo. Well, right. If, I mean, oh if, I mean, th- this this woman is the crux of her existence, <laughs> you know. And so, you know, um, it'll ruin the whole concert, right? And so she has this like, you know, she's very surprised. She's very surprised to see Evelyn March, you know, show up in the hotel, and um, you know, Jackson Jackson had no idea, you know, he had no idea, but. You know, they have this exchange and, you know, he tries to tries to soothe her before she puts on her big red ball gown. I promise I only just found out. I was heading to your room to tell you. I'm so sorry if I had known. It's not your fault. Yeah, I'm is, not blaming you. It is my fault. The only reason you're playing this concert is because of me. <laughs> no one forced me to do anything. Margo, I, um... I want you to know that I couldn't have done this without you. Jackson. I hope you know how much I've enjoyed being with you these past several days. Yeah, me too. I just... I don't want either of us to get hurt when it's over. So... (laughs) Don't need to explain. We both knew this was going to come to an end, right? I wish it was different, but we both have separate lives, not to mention we live in different places. Yeah, yeah, we just both got wrapped up in the moment, I guess. I'm sorry, Jackson. No, there's no, no need to apologize. Let's make the most of what we have left of the holidays. Tomorrow's Christmas and we got the big concert, so. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm speechless. I know. I, just, I mean, you know, it, it, it's like, you know, she, she, I was just confused. I mean, she ditched him for this once in a lifetime opportunity. Uh, but she also feels like he, like he, she owes him, you know, he's, he was too shy to go see her in con. I mean, I, I, I guess one thing that's not ever answered is, you know, when, how long ago did they date? How how old are they now? I mean, was this in college? I mean, is this fifteen years ago? Probably fifteen years ago, because you would you would hold that on you would hold on to that for that long, right? Well, sure. Well, he in remembers Hallmark the Hall. niece. Remember in the lobby, he recognizes the niece and does the whole "I'm I'm um, the, uh, Margot's." Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, like in the ten to fifteen year range, yeah. and and apparently, you know, he's still so so deeply in love with this woman, right? So, you know, the one thing, you know, this hotel, the Chateau, I mean, it's, you know, the Chateau, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it it must be quite the place, you know, you've got, you've got, it's got more people in the lobby than Colbyville had in the entire time. Right. (laughs) You know, you got Evelyn March, the Mm -hmm. Evelyn March Mm -hmm. just happens to have family in the area and, uh, stumbles into the hotel. She's staying at the same hotel, going to attend, she's going to attend the concert. I mean, you know, Adam at one point calls Jackson and says, tells him, you know, we really need to find a way to make the concert unique look and feel, you know, you know, so again, back sort similar to deliver by Christmas where Josh has handed this e- enormous amount of responsibility. You know, not, not only is Jackson, you know, uh, responsible for organizing. Now he's got to make this feel unique. So, you know, what do they do? You know, they, they have a gray old time <laughs> making wreaths, you know, homemade, homemade wreaths. wreaths for the centerpieces of the table. And then not only that, they decide that each attendee will receive a snow globe. <laughs> 
They're going to pair the concert with a dinner. Have everyone sit around at tables. It will be more relaxed, they say. Um, they are going to perform in the dining hall. <laughs> I mean, so, you know, we got we got Margot Hammond, who is stressed out about even performing. And now we find out this is just like, you know, like, like ambient music. <laughs> like people are, you know, just having their like prime rib. And, um, you know, you know, she's very busy. You know, I mean, Margot oh. was very busy through this. She, I think a couple of times even mentioned, you know, um, you know, thank you for accommodating my schedule. And it was like, well, you know, I think one day she had to go to the, the village to get ornaments. One day she went to get an ugly sweater for Christmas daddy. Um, <laughs> you know, so she's very like. Well, there's she, cookie decorating. You got to go. Oh, and the cookie. Yeah. And shopping, that in. shopping right. for the snow globes, making the wreaths. Um, you know, and then, of course, you know, running into Evelyn March, you know, um, who, who, you know, is very sly or, you know, snarky when she, you know, meets, bumps into, uh, you know, Margo in the hotel lobby and, you know, good, you know, this very like good luck, you know, you know, so uh, no pressure, but none, you know, so anyway, the night of the concert, Margo, you know, running down the elevator, you know, she's missing her necklace that she's got to wear from her father. Um, you know, it's what keeps her grounded. And, you know, she finds it. She makes it downstairs. You know, Jackson's calling her frantically. You know, there's 25 people here at this concert. You know, they're <laughs> well, all. <laughs> to be fair, she did leave on the eve of a big performance with him before. Right. So, so right. So he's, there's some history. Yeah. yeah. He's got some trauma still. <laughs> He's still dealing. Clearly. You know, and so another great line, and I love all of these, you know, so we've got Sam and, oh, Sarah Baxter is the the girlfriend. Um, no. You know, so they're there, they're ready to perform. You know, of course, the, the, the cello player from the Lafayette Quartet has sadly died. So, so, so and it just doesn't have the same feel. So, of course, Jackson steps in of with his newly tuned up cello to play, be the fourth. But of all four of them, he mimes playing the best. Oh, he definitely I mean, was. I feel like he's probably actually played a stringed instrument because he's kind of got the vibrato. He had the vibrato but on the, but don't, yes. don't pay attention to anybody I, uh, else. Right. No. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it'll piss you off. Right. And it, it will, it does not sound like a quartet. It sounds like an orchestra. A 12 piece. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They doubled and tripled like the violins, <laughs> you know, and just yeah. slightly off kilted. So it like, it, it filled the room. Mm -hmm. Um, but so, you know, Margot comes downstairs and he puts his phone away and I thought you had a change of heart. No, but I did have a change in tune. <laughs> and at this point, at this moment, Margot oh, has God. realized that what she needs to find the passion again in being a world-renowned pianist is to play from the heart. And so as the finale of the movie... She sits down. Now, Molly, I'm going to ask you, what song did she play? <laughs> um, whatever one her dad used to play. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, my well, my interpretation could be totally off. Would love to hear if anybody's listening right now. Yes, somebody out there knows. Somebody knows what she played. What she played. Yes. I'm going to say it was Oh Holy Night, but it was about, it was 90 seconds long. There was a lot of moving up and down the piano. <laughs> and when she was done, you know, she got a standing ovation. Oh, you know, the cheers. And the best part, you know, Evelyn March sitting front row. Literally, I love the editing that the Hallmark makers did in this movie. Oh, genius editing. She made an audible. <gasps> oh. <laughs> like it was audible. 
it was so clearly audible over the applause, you know, for her then to say, you know, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm hard in my critiques because I believe that, you know, I'm able to make you a better musician that way, you know, and, and Margot just takes it and, you know, oh, and everyone's like, oh, look at the glowing review you just got, you know, in person. Um, well, and plus, you know, she was wearing a red dress this time, which is right, which is clearly well for the people that didn't know that she criticized the gray dress. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so yeah, so again, we're now at about the you know one minute and twenty second point to the end of the movie where um, Jackson and Margot are having this one last interaction, and you know, well, what mm-hmm. should we do? Should we make it work? Should we try it? Well, I'm going to go on tour, but may, I, maybe I could come back and. Give it a try. I mean, if Sam and Sarah can do it. Right. Right. Oh, and that's really, I mean, that was, you know, that's what Margot relayed to Jackson was second chances don't happen very often. No, no. Grab them. And with that. By the ugly Christmas sweater. Right. (laughs) Get yourself a Christmas daddy. So, Molly, we did it. That was fun. We did do it. That was fun. Well, I mean, I think we had fun. Oh. We certainly had fun. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anybody else is going to think. We did have fun. We did have fun. <laughs> so, two movies. So, Molly, how many shots did you take through? Uh... Well, I took six shots during Delivered by Christmas. And I really will be honest with you. I just drank the whole time. And shut yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A know. bottle is in. Yeah. A bottle is in. But oh. it but but I had a lot of fun. These were the first Hallmark movies I've ever watched. Oh. Okay. Yeah. And 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 that's the thing I'm gonna say about them. Okay. <laughs> well, so you had six and six for uh deliver by Christmas, yeah. a bottle. A bottle for Chateau. I feel good. Yeah. You know, on my snowflake rating, I, I'm gonna say for deliver by Christmas, I'm gonna give it a solid three out of five snowflakes. And I think one of those things, you know, is the fact that um, the male actor, uh, Eon Bailey, posted something really cool um, on his Instagram. So cool. So he wrote, this summer I was offered a Hallmark film about finding love. Hallmark has been in the news a few times in the last couple of years. First, for being accused of not allowing interracial couples in their backgrounds, let alone their leads. And second, for pulling a commercial that featured a same-sex marriage ceremony. After many raised their voices, the commercial was put back on, and now this. Some of you know I am married to a black woman, and we have two sons. Just days before I received the offer to do the film, my wife showed me a news story about flyers delivered to hundreds of homes not far from where we live. The flyer featured a photo of a couple, a black man and a woman, a white woman. They look happy, in love, likely married. What was written beneath was what a description of how dangerous their union is for themselves, their children, and society at large. The author, or authors, denounced interracial marriage as a health risk to society and listed a number of, quote, medical facts about how about the low IQs of the children who come from these unions. It was interesting to marvel at the concepts promoted in this, quote, public service announcement in 2020. I feel such deep sadness for the people, for the person or people who wrote this message, with such a profound schism at its core, a happy couple in love linked to the author's own suffocating illness, fear. What energy it must take for someone to construct a house in their mind of such exclusion, a house where understanding is not welcome, all the windows sealed, curtains drawn, the front door boarded up, 
the inhabitants death inhabitants deathly afraid of drum roll love everything i do is connected with either fear everything i do is either connected with fear or love i doubt there's anyone who operates on a different paradigm what separates who we are from what we could be is how often we choose one or the other I'm grateful to this cast and especially the wonderful at Alvina August, my partner in this film. It'll be the first movie my kids will see where the woman I fall in love with looks like their mom. Oh, he's got chills. <laughs> they might not see the significance of this. It is just reflecting their life. And that is just the way it should be. Molly, you're, you're crying. <laughs> I need a drink. And, uh, and listen, and so, you know, I think we both agree that we were probably going to make fun of josh's hair a little bit more but after i saw that we we sort of decided that we were just you know, we're he, gonna let the hair go we're gonna let the hair go it's not important no he you know he he looks josh's uh paul rudd's dirty brother and that's not an insult okay you know but after that post you know it really i think that's part of one of the reasons that we decided we were gonna do this is, yeah you know hallmarks um you know, decision to be more diversified and more inclusive. Yep. Um, so we certainly are going to tap into some of these things, you know, as we come through these movies. Um, so yeah, I give Deliver by Christmas three out of five snowflakes. You give it, you know, a total of six shots. Six um, shots, yeah. On Chateau Christmas, ah, yeah. two, two, two and a half. Well, you can't even like the characters, so... I mean, on the only one... I mean, you we feel for Jackson. We do. For real. I mean, real. Yeah. he is. He's stuck at home. I mean, the only good news out of that entire movie was that he got the promotion. You know, he got... He yeah. became the chair of the music department. And, and he did get the girl. Well, they, they were going to give it a try. They were going to give it a try. Oh, you're right. It's very non-committal. <laughs> she's she's, she's got to finish out her world tour first. <laughs> so they're going to give it a try. We'll, we'll see what happens. Definitely, so, definitely fewer than three. Next year, Chateau Christmas 2. You know, it's going to be a follow-up. Um, yeah, I'm, I got to say, it it was just a little too generic and just not, it just wasn't. It wasn't one of their best films, I think. Well, you, you just admitted <laughs> that you've never seen Hallmark films well, before. but it doesn't Out of the two, <laughs> out of the two, I, I'm going to, I'll give it a two, two, I'll be nice. Happy holidays. Two and a half <laughs> snowflakes. Okay. Okay. All okay. right. Deal. So, you know. Anyway, this has been a blast. Uh, we're going to be back next week. Um, you know, if you have questions, we would love to hear from you. Uh, we know after this week, we have to say we're incredibly grateful. We, we launched on, our, on Instagram, Home for Hallmark. And within 72 hours, essentially, yeah, I mean, crazy. It was crazy. we have, I think we have over 600 followers, which, yep. and, you know, it, it's just great. But what that tells us is that we know, we know you're out there. You might not, you might not want to talk about it with your coworkers. You might not want to talk about it with your neighbors, but we know at night when you're home and the blinds are closed, your ass is on the couch watching Hallmark channel or Hallmark movies and mysteries mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. And especially in 2020, there's nothing else to do. So we know, we know you homies, Hallmarkies are out there oh. <laughs> and uh, we want to hear from you. Yep. So email us, uh, home for Hallmark at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram. Um, next week, uh, same time, we're going to talk, we're going to talk three movies, three, three, <gasps> we're going to talk, we're going to double my Hallmark, um, holiday movie. Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, there's just, we, we, I, I got to go to the liquor store. We can't choose. I mean, there, I mean, <laughs> there's too many, there's too many good ones. <laughs> right, there's, okay. <laughs> so which three movies, Brad, which ones? Uh, Cranberry Christmas. Oh yes. Holly and Ivy. <laughs> of course. And I think it's called one Royal Christmas. Wh 
Because, I mean, listen, you you cannot not review the Christmas movies that are about royalty. No, those I are mean, the best ones. The best they live ones. on they live on Netflix. They live on Hulu. They live on Lifetime. So, mm-hmm. Hallmark's oh, yeah. not going to disappoint with this one. Not at all. Nope. So we've got three coming up next week. Um, so come back. And you know, if you like us, subscribe. If uh, we're going to be on all of your platforms where you listen to um, podcasts. So and for people my age, that means follow us. Sure. On Instagram. Yeah. Because subscriptions, you usually fill out a card and send a check. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and then you get your prescriptions at, <laughs> as well from AARP, right? <laughs> Clearly. Clearly. Well, you guys get everything by mail. So follow us on Instagram. All right. Well, this has been a blast and uh, we will be back next week. And thank you. Goodbye.